Hello and welcome to the Embrace Your Destiny podcast. My name is Sandra Dawes and I'm your host. And if you're new to the podcast, the Embrace Your Destiny podcast is all about sharing the journeys of women who have been through some sort of challenge or struggle in their life. However, they found the light at the end of the tunnel and they're on the other side and they want to share the lessons that they learned and offer advice to anyone who might be going through something similar in their own life. And today, my guest is Lori Molman, and Lori returned to school at the age of 43 as a single mother of three teenage children, two of them who have autism. She got her bachelor's degree in human behavior with an emphasis in family studies at the age of 45 and her master's of social work with an emphasis in substance use and criminal behavior at age 47. She currently works as a mental health therapist in Salt Lake City, Utah at the Salt Lake County Jail, as well as an online therapist through through the Talkspace online therapy service. She's also a co-host of the Stop Living the Apology podcast that focuses on letting go of regrets and shame and what she and her best friend and co-host Angela Hoff call embracing your awesome. She particularly loves the focus of working with women and helping them truly embrace their lives, especially when they are feeling stuck. She co-hosts Women's Retreats with Angela in the beautiful mountains of Park City, Utah. Welcome, Lori. Thank you. So, Lori, why don't we jump right into the piece of your story that you want to share with us today? Sure. Um, I unexpectedly became a single mother after being a stay-at-home mom for lots of years and did not expect to be home with uh, my three kids, two of whom had pretty severe autism at the time, and, and I just didn't know what I was going to do. And so I decided um, my best bet in order to support my family would be to go back and finish my education. And how was that adjustment? Because I know that going back to school after, even for me when I did it three years was was a bit of a shock. It was, <laughs> it was huge. I hadn't been back to school in 20 years. And so it was, it was a very, very, um, I was really nervous about it because I thought, that people younger than me would, would be running circles around me is kind of what I anticipated. So there was a lot of fear to do so. Um, but I discovered that doing school in your forties, you, you work smarter, not harder. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because you don't have that much spare time to kill where you can procrastinate and absolutely. And I found ways, you know, when I'd have a number of classes with papers due, I would figure out, okay, how do I, write one paper that matches all of these different things at the same time. So I'd find a way to find a topic that would hit everything I needed at the same time. So right. So you could tie it all together. Yeah. I found a way I got real creative and finding ways to do that for sure. For the different needs. And so how old were your kids when you went back to school? Um, let's see. My youngest was 14. So my kids were 14 17, 19, I believe. And my, my daughter had just finished high school. Okay. Do you think that made a difference that made it easier because they were a bit older? Well, you know, I, I think not necessarily so because my sons, even now in their twenties need adult supervision, you know, a lot of the time. So not necessarily Mm. easy. It was, it was pretty complicated to do it. It took a lot of, um, co-parenting, uh, with my ex-husband, which at that time was very challenging as well. So finding ways that, um, they'd be with him and, um, so that I could do school, which, which turned into a completely different 
plan than I have as well, where they actually moved in with their dad, which was um, not what, I, you know, I just couldn't figure out how to do all of it. I couldn't figure out how to do it all. And finishing my education, I had to, I had to prioritize it. Um, so it was really difficult decisions to be made at that time for me. And, and difficult for him as well. I mean, I, right. Yeah. Very challenging time. I think, I think the most difficult thing was just changing, um, from being, having been home with my children since they were all born to, suddenly sort of being an empty nester all of a sudden, which was uh, very unexpected to me. And I think that maybe was even more difficult than school was suddenly having no children at home during the week and they would come home on weekends. And, um, for me to come home to a quiet house was real, real strange for sure. Right. Yeah. And I guess any kind of change is challenging, right? Oh, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. And kind of going from, you know, one year, my life looked a certain way to the next year, my life looked a completely different, you know, way where I was in school full time, I was doing an internship fairly quickly, and I was working part time. So it was basically, you know, had school was like a full time job. My job was a part time job. My internship was a part time job. Then the kids had come home on weekends when I would do homework and then the kids were a full-time job. So it was not a lot of sleep, a lot of anxiety for sure. Um, I, I questioned the wisdom of it. You know, a lot of times I questioned what am I doing? Why am I thinking this is a smart idea? I don't know, but I just, I pushed through. I just pushed through. Do you feel like in the, in that whole experience and with, you know, feeling like you have no real time to yourself that you've still found time to redefine yourself. Cause really that whole process. Oh, the, the whole thing redefined me. I, yeah. um, I, I went from, um, loving being a stay at home mom to discovering, I really loved being a working mom. And, um, that, that came as a surprise to me as, as well as I suddenly saw myself as a working mom, which, um, I, I had anticipated maybe doing that later on in my life. Not as soon as I did it, I thought I'd be doing it, you know, a few years down the road, maybe. Um, but I, I didn't, didn't picture it happening at that particular time. I figured I'd get all my children raised and then I would do it. Um, but right I, when you were a total empty nester and had the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When all my time was my own, I anticipated right. that's what I would do, but I figured I'd still be married at that time as well. And right. so I, I did not anticipate, um, all the changes that came to my life when they came to my life. Um, but, but it was a good redefinition of me. I think it, it grew me, it grew me a lot. I think it grew my spirit a lot. And do you think that going back to school helped you with your kids at home, especially with the two that are autistic? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think that because my education, um, my, my bachelor's degree was in human behavior. And so of course there were opportunities to study disabilities, you know, studying the difference in sort of human development, which, which my children are, you know, they're just developmentally delayed. And so they're just like younger, um, they're emotionally younger than they physically are. Um, and so I was able to study a lot more about their disability than I already knew. So it was a great opportunity for me. It was also an opportunity for me to, to meet advocates um, so that they would help me advocate for my 
children and their needs because I just would interact with people um, within the field of human behavior, human development, social work. I was interacting with a lot of people, including professors who, you know, lots of people had ideas of, have you thought about this for your kids? Have you thought about this organization? And so it allowed me um, to provide emotionally better for my kids, I think. Right. And um, gave me a lot of, uh, I think, I think it gave me a lot of fulfillment of just feeling myself stretch and grow at that time. Yeah. I think that it's so exciting when you, when you're going through those types of periods, right. Where you sort of, it's almost like going down the rabbit hole, right. Where you're just like, Oh, I thought I knew, but now there's this whole new world that I didn't even know existed. Well, and, and kind of feeling, you know, I'd have, I kind of go back and forth between being excited about the growth and, and flipping into, man, I didn't sign up for this. (laughs) I would go back and forth between this is a great thing to, to, this is a terrible thing. What am I doing? So, you know, the growth, which is kind of that push me, pull you experience of growth where it's so uncomfortable, but so exciting. Uh, You know, I think it's energizing to grow. Um, yeah, And so I kind of would go back and forth between, I, I love that I'm doing this and I hate that I'm doing this. Right. Well, that's the thing, right? Because we think we know what we want, but it doesn't always come packaged the way we expect it to. Oh yeah. Life, life, <laughs> life went a whole different direction than, than what I had anticipated, which, which life does, I think for everybody, that was, that was a time when my life was definitely going a different different direction that I had intended for it to go. You know, when I was younger, much younger, you know, you would hear adults talk about, you know, you plan and God laughs and you just think that that's a weird thing for somebody to say. And then you get to a point in your life where you're like, "Uh, okay, I get it. because." And then that minute when you go, oh, I see where this phrase came from and why it's still being used. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Why adults are still using this phrase because we all have that experience. Absolutely. Lori, what would you say is the biggest lesson that you've learned in this experience? Um, I think that that life is not going to go the way that I have, uh, the way I intended it for it to go maybe was not the way I was going to grow. And so me yeah. having it kind of, you know, I think about all of us in our 20s and we have it kind of lined up. It's going to go like this, you know, my adulthood is going to go like this. My life is going to look like this. I thought I was going to be, um, I I grew up in a very traditional family and I, I really wanted to be a stay-at-home mom and I thought I'd have six children. I mean, I had this, this vision of what it was going to be. I certainly did not intend or anticipate having children with disabilities, especially not having two of them. Um, I, I did not intend to be divorced or anticipate any of that. Uh, but I think that, that life took me on the path I had to go on to grow the way I needed to grow. And so I think that the greatest lesson I learned is that, that life, life will grow us, you know, we'll, we'll go to it gently or we won't go to it gently, but life is going to grow us. And I had to trust that life was growing me. I had to trust that um, life was growing me, that God was growing me, that there was a plan to, um, you know, my life that it wasn't going the way I expected it to, but that didn't mean it was going wrong, I think is what I had finally come to. 
Yeah, I think that's um, a big one, right? To know that just because it's not going the way you want it to doesn't mean that it's going in a in a bad way, that it could all end up taking you to something really amazing. Yes, yes. And I, I had to, I went from really fighting that, uh, kind of fighting my way through that to trusting. And I, you know, I don't know when the, the flip switched that I started to trust Um, but it got easier when I started to trust that things were actually going the way they were supposed to go. And I think that's, that's what I gained the most from that. And, and that is now when life feels like it's going in a way that, uh, I'm not anticipating. I, I'm more quick to trust and I'm less apt to necessarily fight it. I, I just figure out how I can grow through it. Yeah. You know, I used to actually, I still refer to myself when I go to networking events as a recovering control freak and excuse maker. And, um, you know, when I think about the concept of surrender, you know, I never used to think that surrender was something that you could view in a positive way. Right. Because surrender means giving up and giving in, (laughs) you know, but, um, I've learned that you know, some there, you can't control everything, right? As much as you might try to, it's just sort of a futile battle, right? So, <laughs> and learning, learning to release the grip, you know, I mean, I tried to have such a tight grip on everything and I still have those moments of trying to have a really tight grip on everything and, and learning to release the grip and trust that, that things are, are okay, even though I don't see every step along the path, it doesn't mean that I'm, that I'm going the wrong wrong way. way. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, um, you know, as I learned to let go, when I do let go, it's such a weight lifted though, right? Like this whole holding on so tight and trying to control everything is exhausting. (laughs) So feeling like you're holding your breath all the time. Yeah, exactly. So just being able to surrender and be able to know what you want and focus on that and not be so um, focused on how it's going to unfold because that's going to reveal itself as you take action and remain committed to that end goal, but that you don't have to always know every process or every step that's going to get you there. Well, and sometimes the only step you see is, is the one directly in front of you, you know, and you don't see the next five years down the road. Cause I, you know, I, when people ask me, you know, what's your five-year plan, what's your 10-year plan, you know, those kind of questions used to sort of stump me, you know, I don't know. And now it's like, I, I kind of make a, well, here's, here's where if things continue on this trajectory, maybe in five years, I'll be in this place. And in 10 years, I'll be in this place. But I also allow life to, to do what it's going to do. And, and, you know, obviously we don't control all the details of life, including all the lives around us. We don't control all of that. And which, which was kind of my experience with, um, you know, one winding up divorce was I just could not control all the pieces of the puzzle. You know, I mean, I only controlled my own piece. Right. So even that felt like that everything is going horribly wrong when it, when it did not turn out to be that way, it just turned out to be, um, I was allowed to grow in this particular direction. And I think he was allowed to grow in his particular direction. And, and because we both grew, then the kids grew and, and everything turned out all right. So I think my biggest 
um, my biggest takeaway from all of it is that things do turn out all right, just usually different than we expected them to. Yeah, I would agree with that. Lori, out of curiosity, what made you decide to go back to school when you did? You know, my, my parents were teachers and, uh, my brother and my sister-in-law were teachers. And so education was always a big deal in my family. And, um, my mom got her master's degree when she was 53. And so I had a great example from my mom of you can always go back to school. Um, right. It's never too late. Yeah. And I, and I was really lucky in that when I said, I think I'll go back to school, I had a whole lot of people have my back on that and say, yeah, you should totally do that. That's a great idea. And I had, you know, which, which I think a lot of people would not get that kind of support. A lot of people not have family, no. you know, saying that's a great idea. We'll have your back. How can we help you? Which is what I was lucky enough to have was a lot of people. I had four brothers and their wives and, you know, my parents that all thought it was a great idea. Super supportive. Yeah, I think having a positive support system is such a big deal because if you... Yeah had, you know, this idea of going back to school and had, and were surrounded by people who, you know, were like, are you crazy? And who's going to take care of the kids? And how are you going to make all, you know, how are you going to make ends meet and all this other stuff that they could have negatively impacted your, your vision to go back to school? Yeah. Well, and I definitely, I mean, I definitely talked about it, especially to my mom. Um, and I, and I remember saying, I won't even get my bachelor's degree till I'm 45 and my master's until I'm 47. And she said, you'll, you'll just be a baby. I didn't get mine till I was 53. You know, she kind of like put it back into perspective for me, you know, like you're not going to be that old. And she said, you're going to turn 47 anyway. Well, that's the thing, right? The time is going to go by regardless of what you do with it. Right. Right. Yeah. So I was very fortunate that I was able to kind of get this idea and then talk to, to my support system about it. And they all, were very um, excited for me and, and just asked how they could help. So I was really lucky. So Lori, what advice would you give to somebody who's in a similar situation as you were before, you know, newly divorced and not quite sure? Uh, well, I think after the panic, because you will panic, <laughs> I think <laughs> there is that initial panic because life is, is not going uh, the anticipated direction. I think you make a plan and you just put one foot in front of the other, which whatever that plan may be. But um, I think you find the people that that are going to be supportive of you, um, that are going to be encouraging of you on your journey, because I think there's enough negativity in the world that that we don't want to surround ourselves with that as well. So I, I kind of found those people, um, both my family and I found really good friends, especially at school. I met some really good friends at school that were all going on the same journey as me. Um, I met, I met some ladies at school that were also in their forties that were doing exactly what I was doing. We kind of found each other in classes, you know? Yeah. And, um, it was, it was good to have other people that were going through what I was going through, but also to be open to people whose lives were far different than mine. You know, I got to know a lot of people in their twenties that were great, that are still good friends of mine. And so, um, knowing that it's, it's not too late to change for sure. Um, to, to not let fear dominate what you do, that, that was a good thing to learn from it, I think. And I learned to trust, 
uh, my ability because I, I don't know how much confidence I had before I started doing this. I, I don't know that I, I trusted I could actually finish something uh, like this, let alone two degrees. I, I didn't know that I could finish one, let alone right. two. And that's not a beautiful um, thing, though, because once you once you get over that first hurdle or what you thought was a hurdle, you start to ask what else is possible. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you just want to continue to challenge yourself and continue to grow because, you know, you didn't think that that first hurdle was possible, but it was. So what else can you do? And it's a, it's a beautiful thing to be able to learn about yourself and what you're capable of and surprise yourself. Sure. And once I finished, then it was kind of the, the challenge of I needed to work for a couple of years to become fully licensed. And so then once I got there, then I had, you know, I got, got new ideas of, I want to learn how to do this and I want to learn how to do this. And now the most recent thing is the podcast of like, why don't, why don't we have a podcast? And I thought, well, right. I, and I, and you know, my first thought was exactly how it was with school. Well, like, I can't do that. I had kind of this initial reaction to it. But at the same time, I, I pushed past fear because I've learned how to push past fear and just thought, well, you know, it doesn't hurt to try something. Even if you don't know exactly what that's going to look like, you might as well try it. And, and I think because of, of uh, these other experiences, I was willing to try something that seemed crazy. I mean, because school seemed crazy to me and podcasts seemed crazy I, I want to like, why don't I, you know, why don't I try that? Right. What's the worst that could happen? Right. Well, and of course doing it with a good friend, I mean, the two of us, you know, just conquer our fear together is what we do. Yeah. And it's nice to have somebody like that to, to challenge you and hold you accountable and work through it all with you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Lori, any last thoughts that you want to share with the listeners before we wrap up? I think that if you are in a situation um, that's unexpected, especially I think the end of a marriage is even if, even if you see it coming from, you know, 10 miles away, which oftentimes we do, I think that um, life's not going to be over, you know, life, life is just going to be um, starting in many ways. And I think had I not been through some of those things I went through, I definitely wouldn't be the me I am now. And, and I, I look at it now and I think because of what I've been through, I can encourage other women to, um, to meet these challenges head on. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that um, what I've been through is not a waste. You know, it was worth, it was worth going through to support other women going through it. And so I think that if you're going through something like this, at the end of that road or, or at the end of the, the hill that you're going over, there's going to, there's going to be meaning in that. And I didn't, I didn't believe there'd be meaning in it. I just was trying to get through it. And, um, and now I, I see that there's meaning in it. And I hope that anybody who'd be going through something similar will, will know that there's meaning at the end. Yeah. And I think that, um, when you're going through that stuff, it's, it's hard, but I think that when you can share your experiences with others, I think it's far more meaningful than, you know, just saying, well, I read in a book somewhere that this is, you know, how people should deal with that kind of stuff, but to actually talk from your own experiences and talk about what worked for you and make those suggestions from your own personal experience, as opposed to just simply theoretical makes a big difference. 
Right. Well, and, and yeah, I mean, you can read it in a textbook or you can read it in a book and it's all in theory. And I think your own, your own journey and your own, um, fighting your own war gives you, gives you something. And, and, uh, I think that it's, I just am able to look back on it and think that was, none of that was wasted. None of that challenge was wasted. Even that fear wasn't wasted because I was able to, to push past what I thought I could push past and, and find new strength, simply conquering the fear, I think is, is helped me be far less fearful now. And so that to me was not, none of it was wasted. Yeah. I, you know, I'm a believer that everything happens for a reason. And uh, I actually even did a whole talk on it last year, but I, I do believe that the things that happen to us, they're not happening. They're not truly happening to us. They're happening for us. And, um, it's just for us to, you know, silence, you know, quiet the mind and just really try to figure out why this is happening and what we can learn from it, what we can take from it and continue to move forward. Right. Agreed. Agreed. What, what can I, what can I take from this and, and what, how I, how I continue to see it is how can I grow and how am I growing and how is life growing me and what's, what's the opportunity in this for me? Yeah. And I think that when you can program yourself to think in that way, as opposed to think about, you know, why me, (laughs) that it makes a huge difference because it, um, empowers you no matter what you're going through because you know that there's something that you something positive that you can take from that experience there was a real gift in stepping out of the victim stance there was a real gift in that for me because I think I'd lived a lot of my life in the victim stance and um I I don't really allow myself to go there anymore I don't allow myself to go how come you know why me why me how come this is happening to me life is so hard for me I'm I'm fortunate that I'm a social worker and and so I I get perspective on a daily basis. You know, I see I see people that have it a lot worse than me, you know, on an, on a normal day to day and and working in the county jail, I I see people that that have it a lot worse than me. And so it's it's um it's all those things are opportunity to you know, even even the opportunity to get out of a victim mindset you know, that in itself is a gift and, and, um, helping encourage other people to, to embrace, as you say, their destiny, you know, you have to get out of victim stance yes, to embrace yes, your you destiny. Do. And I think that, um, I know that I, I'm very familiar with the victim mentality, uh, but once you, once you let go of that, once you stop, you know, this whole why me thing, and you can realize that everything did happen for a reason and start to focus on, what you can take from those experiences and what you can learn from it and how you can do better in the future, that it um, definitely shifts things. And I think that it also serves as a reminder to just be grateful, like even in the smallest, even on your worst day, that there's always something to be thankful for. And I think you're obviously getting that on a daily basis, like you said, because of the people that you're counseling. And when you go to the is it a prison or a jail? Prison. I've worked in a prison as well, but right now I work in the county right. jail. Right, but you know what I mean. So you're you're getting that perspective on on a daily basis, which which is which is a blessing in and of itself because it does allow you to really take the time to be grateful for where you're at and what you have because you know that there is so much worse out there. 
Sure. Sure. And, and recognizing, you know, that I recognize the only, the, the blessings of my own life that I was fortunate to have support in my life. I was fortunate to have people with education in my life. I was fortunate to have so many of those blessings. And so I think that, um, there's responsibility that comes with those blessings and helping other people. Yeah, absolutely. That whole, yeah, giving back and yeah, lifting up others, right? right? Because a rising tide lifts all boats. Isn't that what they say? Absolutely. absolutely. And it also reminds me of a T.D. Jake's quote that I probably say all the time, which talks about greatness is contagious. And I love that, right? Because a lot of times when you're doing well, the well, I know in, for me in the past, when I'm, when something really exciting is happening, I've often thought, oh, I shouldn't share it with certain people because I don't want to seem like I'm bragging. But when you realize that when other people are doing amazing things in their life, it sort of inspires you and motivates you to see what you can do, because if they can do amazing things, then you want to, you know, step your own game up that you realize that it's, there's nothing wrong with right. celebrating your successes and shouting it from the rooftops because somebody out there might want to hear that and, and needs to hear that so that they can be motivated or inspired by it as well. Yeah, we can all lift each other up. We absolutely can all do that. Lori, thank you so much for sharing your story and your experiences. Uh, for the listeners, if you want to learn more about Lori, you can check in the show notes and sh- we'll have links to her social media accounts as well as her website so you can learn more about her and what she does. Lori, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. I've loved it. Thanks. All right, guys. Have an awesome day, a fantastic week, and we will see you soon.